Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with the Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Appreciate you joining me this morning. I hope you're having a good day, a good Sunday, and just pray you're going to have a good week coming up. But uh, let's don't talk about the week coming up, right? Let's talk about today. Let's talk about God's Word. And if you were with us last week, we started talking about the holiness of God and how we see the holiness of God throughout all of Scripture. And we made it up to Leviticus, uh, where we were talking about God and one thing about the Word of God, it's like things are moving slowly in the New in the Old Testament, but then it starts picking up speed and picking up speed. And when we get to the New Testament, man, it really picks up speed. So um, we're going to be in Leviticus today, but I believe we will end up in the New Testament before this program ends. If you missed last week's message, I encourage you to check it out on our Love in Action podcast. Just look up Love in Action podcast on whatever podcast you listen to, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Amazon, wherever. It will probably be there. It's on a lot of them anyway. I do know that Podbean. So just check it out and encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well and check it out and then Uh, You'll be able to put it together with this message as we talk about the holiness of God, because God is holy, and he wants us to be his holy people. He's separated us to be his holy people. So we'll talk more about that here in a moment, but before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we praise you, thank you, we love you, we glorify you, we exalt you. Father, you are awesome. Thank you for loving us like you do. You are holy, and Lord, we need to be holy as you are holy. That's what you tell us. And Lord, because you tell us to be that, that means we can be. So Lord, let us don't be deceived and thinking, well, we can't be holy because we're just sinners saved by grace. God, yes, we are sinners saved by grace, but God, you want us to move beyond that and be holy as you are holy. And so Lord, help us to see that. Help us to see how we can do that. Lord, we thank you for calling us to be your people. And I pray for those who haven't received your son Jesus as their Savior and Lord yet. I pray today will be their day to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So, Father, we thank you again for this time. We give it to you, ask you to bless it. Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach us, lead us, guide us, and direct us into all truths. And it's in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, once again, pardon my voice. I'm still dealing with it. I feel great. The voice just is still uh, not as strong as it usually is, but praise God I'm not sick anymore like I was last month, and uh, I know he'll restore the voice as well. So hang with me, and we'll make it through it. So last week we're talking about holiness, the holiness of God, and we're going to continue now, and we made it up to Leviticus. We were talking about how God gave Israel the sacrificial system to make these holy offerings unto God. And we talked about how the Israelites had turned from God time and time again, even the one point in um, Exodus 32 where they asked Aaron to make a golden calf for them to worship. So we see rebellion in the Israelites, and we know rebellion has continued since then. So we can't just pick on them because it's continued to today. And until we give our lives to Jesus and submit to his will, then we will be rebellious. But that's not what God wants for us. God wants the relationship that he created Adam and Eve to have with him. He wants us to have that same relationship of us being his children, He, him being our father. And he wants to separate us to be a holy people as he is holy. So let's jump into Leviticus uh, where we see God, he deals with the people's sin and their disobedience 
uh, through the sacrificial system. And again, that's how they were to make these holy sacrifices unto God. And Leviticus describes five offerings that he gave them. And it's the burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, and the guilt offering. Now, the sin and the guilt offerings were for the atonement of sin. And we see Leviticus in many of the New Testament writings, actually, uh, which shows the connection of the theme of holiness between the Levitical priests and those sacrifices and our Messiah, Jesus Christ. Priests were extremely important in the lives of Israel with their relationship with God. The priests played a very key role in that. The priests were the people's representatives to God. And therefore, they were consecrated unto God and had to make sacrifices for themselves to be consecrated. You know, it didn't mean they were perfect because they were priests. They still had to make sacrifices for themselves to consecrate themselves to God so they could be representatives of the people unto God. And the priests, they made these sacrifices for atonement for the people's sin through these sins and guilt offerings. And we see how Jesus... Again, I said there's a connection we see between the priest and Jesus. That We see how Jesus, he became our high priest, and he is the one who represents us to God. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, we read that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. In Hebrews 5, verse 10, Jesus became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Therefore, we see that Jesus is a better priest. We talked last week about Jesus being the new Adam and a better Adam. We see Jesus is our priest, and he is a better priest, a much, much better priest than any priest from the Old Testament to today. And Melchizedek, he was the priest that Abraham gave an offering to. And Melchizedek, he was the king of Salem. We see that he was called king of peace. He was without father or mother. He has no beginning in or end of life. It says in Hebrews chapter 7, it says, Resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. Talking about Melchizedek. So, you know, there's a lot of discussion about who was this Melchizedek. Was he actually the pre-incarnate Christ? Or was he, you know, I can't answer that question for you. I kind of have my thoughts on it that he probably was. But that's for another study for another time. But we see that Jesus is our high priest. And that's also why we don't have to go to a man to get to God. We go straight to Jesus because he's our high priest. He's the one making intercession for us. He's the one praying for us. He's the one representing us to the Father. So that's why we can go straight to Jesus. We can bypass man. We go straight to Jesus and enter into the presence of God. In Leviticus, we see in chapter 11, verses 44 and 45, God says, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy as I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming things that crawls on the ground. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26, God says, You shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. We see Jesus alludes to this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, on the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, You therefore must be perfect or holy, as your heavenly Father is perfect or translated as holy. 
We read in Peter, First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. So we see this command to be holy from the, New Test- from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that we are to be holy. And so we can't say, well, no, I can't. Are you going to tell God that he's wrong? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> God says to be holy. He wouldn't tell us to do something that we can't do. And we can only do it through him, through his son, Jesus Christ. But we can be a holy people set apart, separated from this world unto God and be holy as he is holy. We're not going to be as holy as God, okay? I mean, because we're not God, but we can still be holy people. We can be separated unto God and be his and not this world. And as we go through this life and when we sin, when we mess up, when we are disobedient, we go to God and ask him to forgive us. First John 1 John 1.9 says that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our, all of our sins and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. And we ask him, forgive me, cleanse me, and help me to overcome this sin. Help me not to go back down that road again. And each step of the way, he sanctifies us. And the more he sanctifies us, the more we become like Jesus, the more holy people we become. And then one day, we'll see him face to face, and we will be as holy as he is holy. But he's still God, so he's still going to have this an even greater holiness, right? But it's that progression through our walk with him. We don't need to hold on to, well, I'm just a sinner. No, I'm a sinner who was saved by grace, and now I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming a holy person set apart for God. And once we can grab that and understand that and realize this is what God wants for us, and since he wants it for us, he's going to help us to obtain it. When we come to Christ and we give our lives to him, the Spirit of God enters into us. The Spirit of God is holy. He is God. And that holiness enters into us. And therefore, the more that we live this life for him, the holier we're going to become. And it's not one of those, well, I'm better than you. No, it's not that type of an attitude. But it's that I am set apart for God. He wants me, which is awesome. And he has separated me unto himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And he is holy. And for me to be in his presence, which I want more than anything, then I need to be holy too. And that holiness comes from Jesus. And because he's in us through the Spirit, we too can become holy. I know that's a lot, and it may not make total sense yet, but just keep thinking about it, keep praying about it, and keep reading his word about holiness. Just start looking up where he talks about holiness, holiness, and just let the Holy Spirit lead you and teach you and guide you in that. But you and I can become a holy person set apart for God. So we see in the Old Testament about the sacrifices, the holy sacrifices, and being consecrated unto God. And we see in the New Testament that the only way we can consecrate ourselves to God and be holy as he is holy is to trust in Jesus as the Messiah, as our Lord, as our Savior, as our high priest. Through trusting in the work Jesus did on the cross by becoming the perfect Lamb of God, by shedding his blood for the atonement of our sins, he atoned for our sins. He shed his blood to atone for our sins. The Messiah being perfect. He was the perfect sacrifice. And that's revealed. We see that in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. Jesus is the lamb who was led away for slaughter. John the Baptist announces Jesus as the lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. 
John 1.29. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 5.7 that Jesus was our Passover lamb. And Paul's alluding to the Passover in Egypt when God commanded the Israelites to sacrifice a lamb without defect and to put its blood on the doorpost and frame. And where God saw the blood, he passed over and only brought his wrath upon the Egyptians. The blood of Jesus covers us, and God passes over our sins. This holy act of Jesus fulfills our holy God's covenants and makes the way for us to become holy and brought back to the Father. Oh, I hope you've heard that. Go back and listen to it again. Matter of fact, let me just say that again, that Jesus is our Passover lamb. His blood covers us. God passes over our sins when we give our lives to Jesus and we receive him as our Savior and Lord. His blood paid our price, and so therefore God passes over our sins. And this holy act of Jesus, what he did for us on the cross, fulfills our holy God's covenants and makes the way for us to become holy and brought back to the Father. Hallelujah. Praise his name forever. Second Samuel chapter 2, verse 7 is another covenant. God makes this covenant with David, and he promises a king who will reign forever. God promises David that his house and kingdom will be made sure forever. God tells him, your throne shall be established forever. And this eternal king is kingdom. It wasn't David, and nor was it his son Solomon. As you're first reading that, you if you didn't know the whole story, you would think, okay, well, it's going to be David, and then he dies. You're thinking, okay, well, Solomon, man, he's living a good life, and he's definitely got God's favor on him. It must be him, but no, it's not it wasn't Solomon either. It would, of course, be Jesus. As Jesus was in the lineage of the house of David, which that's so important. And we see in Psalms where David calls Jesus Lord. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus is called the son of David. And he's called the son of David in other places. And that's so important because we see that he is of the lineage of David. And we read that in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, uh, 1 through 17 where we see the lineage of Jesus, and he's called the son of David right there, the son of Abraham as well, because his lineage is through David, through Abraham, and that's the covenant with David. And we see Jesus as the fulfillment of that covenant. And the eternal king of the kingdom of God has to be holy, right? If you're the king of the kingdom of the holy God, then you're going to be holy. There's no other way around that. And we see throughout uh, the book of Kings, how the wicked kings of Israel and Judah, uh, they brought curses and punishment upon the people of God. And when a righteous king would come into rule, then we saw blessings come upon the people. That's covenant. Disobedience brings curses and punishment. Obedience brings blessings. And Jesus, he lived a life full of obedience and allegiance to God. Therefore, he is the only one who can rule God's kingdom. He's holy. He is the holy one. He is the holy king, ruler of God's kingdom. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we read in the Psalter. Let's check out Psalms. The Psalter is filled with the theme of holiness. Psalms 111, which is a psalm of praise to God. The author writes in verse 9, Holy and awesome is his name. In another psalm of David, it's a psalm of praise. We read, In Psalms chapter 29, verse 2, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Jesus often prayed from the Psalter, and though I don't think 
This is a specific quote from one of the Psalms. This model prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 begins like a prayer you would read in Psalms when Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or actually holy be your name. He's saying, let God's name be kept holy. And he seems to also be telling his disciples, therefore he's telling us, that we are to live holy lives to keep God's name holy. Again, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are representatives to the rest of the world on who Jesus is. And Jesus is holy. And so therefore, we need to represent his holiness as well. And Jesus, he initiates the new covenant in the New Testament in Matthew and Luke, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 22, verse 20. And as we learn in Leviticus, there must be blood sacrificed to make atonement for sins. We read that in Leviticus. Well, Jesus, he uses his own blood to make atonement for our sins. So when there's atonement to be made, blood has to be shed. And Jesus, as we just talked about, he was the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice. And so it was his blood that had to be shed to make atonement for our sins. And the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. So Jesus brings in this new covenant, and it's brought in in his blood, and it's a better covenant. And Jesus' death was the perfect holy sacrifice for our sins. Only the blood of a perfect human to pay the price for mankind's sin. Jesus was fully human and fully God. We can't say he's 100% man and 100% God because that's 200%, right? (laughs) But no, he was fully man and he was fully God. Jesus was perfect. He did not sin. God accepted this perfect sacrifice. In the Old Testament, only the high priest could go into the holy of holies. Just the high priest, that was it. And that was one time a year. Jesus provided access for all of us to come into the spiritual holy of holies and enter into the presence of God. And the physical proof was when Jesus died and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That's in Matthew 27, verse 51. He died and that curtain that was in the temple that separated everyone from the holy of holies was ripped in two. That's showing Jesus has made the way for all of us as believers to enter into the holy of holies because Jesus is our high priest. He is our high priest. Just think about that for a moment. It's it's awesome. Jesus is awesome. And when Jesus resurrected, when he came back to life on the third day, he conquered sin and death. And when he returns to set up his kingdom on earth, he will crush Satan once and for all, as God promised back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Jesus, after he rose from the grave and he appeared to the disciples and he did more teaching, then he ascended to heaven. He ascended to the right hand of the Father to be our high priest. And we know this too because, well, he says so, but and that's enough for me. But we also know from Scripture that Stephen, when Stephen was martyred, he saw Jesus. Uh, Let's read that in Acts chapter 7, verses 7 through 54. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he, talking about Stephen, gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open up and the Son of Man standing 
at the right hand of God. So as Stephen was being killed, he looked up into heaven and he saw Jesus at the right hand of God. The theme of holiness, it is so important. Because as the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, 14, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You hear that? Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See why I've been saying all along, holiness is so important. I want to see the Lord. I pray you do too. Well, we need to be separated unto God, be a holy people unto God. And the question is, after we trust in Jesus and he makes us holy, then how do we continue in holiness and not turn from God as Adam did, as Israel did, and as mankind continues to do? Jesus tells us in Mark 12, verses 30 through 31, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So Jesus, he's quoting Deuteronomy 6, 5, which says just that, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. So when we love God this way, with everything that's within us, heart, soul, mind, strength, everything, We are separating ourselves from the world and from our own desires, and we're dedicating ourselves totally to God. And as we talked about the definition of holiness, that's what it is. It's a separation. It's a devotion. So we're separating ourselves from our desires, from this world, to God. We are devoting ourselves to God. That's what holiness is. And Paul writes in Ephesians 4, 24, that we are to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's our new selves. We come to Jesus. We give our lives to him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says we become a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And here in Ephesians, Paul writes, put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And that alludes back to the creation story in Genesis, where God created man in his likeness. And Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7, For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. That's a call to live a holy life. We have to understand Holiness is important. It's important because our God is holy. And it's important because he's called us in holiness. And so we need to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love our neighbors as ourselves. We need to obey God. God wants us to be his people. And he has called us to be holy as he is holy. Living a holy life is not only a command, but it's also the best life ever. I can attest to that, but I want to read you what C.S. Lewis said. He said something to the effect of, people who think holiness is dull has never experienced it. And once they do, they realize it's not dull. He said, if 
only 10% of the world experienced God's holiness, they would be rejoicing and happy, and the whole world would be converted in a year's time. I totally agree with C.S. Lewis. If you experience the holiness of God, it's not dull. It's not dull at all. And I, I tell you, I before I came to Jesus, uh, I was like Paul. Paul said he was a sinner and the chief of sinner. Well, that was me too. I did everything to fulfill my desires. And there was a, as the Bible says, there's a joy in sin for a season. And there was. But, oh, my goodness, since I gave my life to Jesus in 1989, my life has not been dull. <laughs> it has been more excited than ever. You know, I think about times when we've been on the mission field uh, with Jim and Keith Landley, and last October we were in Nepal, in the Himalaya Mountains, and we were in Kathmandu drinking a cup of coffee in a coffee shop after witnessing to uh, a precious man we met uh, and, and woman that we'd met on the streets. And I remember Jim saying, Boy, life as a missionary sure is dull, isn't it? <laughs> he said that tongue-in-cheek because, wow, being a believer, there's nothing dull about it. And, and you don't have to, to be in the Himalaya Mountains to, to say that. I mean, right here at home, there's nothing dull about being separated unto God, being holy, being his people right here in Dothan, Alabama, and in the Wiregrass, or wherever you live where you're listening to this. Because living for God, is there's nothing like it. I've seen God do so many amazing things, not only in my life, but in so many others' lives. And I've met some of the most incredible people that I never would have met if I wasn't living for God and telling others about him. So this life that God calls us to, don't listen to the lie that it's dull and boring because it is not. It is so much more exciting and so much more true life. It is true life because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So live for Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And understand holiness is an attribute of God and that God is the standard of holiness. We see that throughout Scripture. God is holy. Let's be a holy people, separated unto him and live for him. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, I encourage you today, give your life to Jesus. Receive him into your life as your Savior and Lord. Just talk to him. Lord Jesus, I need you. Forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. I repent, which means I'm turning from my ways, my sinful ways, and I'm turning to you because I know I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I believe with all my heart, Jesus, that you died on the cross and on the third day, you rose again. And I confess, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Thank you for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Just talk to him, something like that. Pray to him. He will come in. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact me. You can email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Or our phone number here. At Love and Action is 334-494-4995. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to share Jesus with you. I'd love to give you more steps, the next steps, if you've made that decision. Tell somebody. 
that you've given your life to Jesus. He loves you so much. Praise God. Well, I hope this two-week study on holiness, which you know, that's definitely not the entire teaching of holiness. You can't talk about the whole topic of the holiness of God in two weeks. But I hope these two weeks have have helped you bring some understanding that God's called us to be holy and that we can be holy as he is holy. And, again, if you have any thoughts or comments or questions, please contact me. I'd love to talk with you, love to chat with you, email with you, however you want to communicate. And, again, thank you for joining me this morning. Praise God for loving us like he does. I pray you have a wonderful rest of the day and a great week coming up, knowing that Jesus loves you so much. And I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.